welcome to another episode of Inspired by Yarra. This is a podcast created to enhance, connect and inspire the Yarra Valley Grammar community and beyond. So wherever you're listening from today, I want to thank you for tuning in. My name's Paul Joy and it's my pleasure week after week to sit down with Yarra Old Grammarians to discuss a little of their time and their experiences and growing up in the area and certainly here at school and also then to wander down some windy roads and see where life has taken them. As you know, we're now available, inspired by Yarra, now available through iTunes or Google Play, on Stitcher and on Spotify. And we'd love you to subscribe, leave us a rating and a review on whichever of your favourite podcast apps you listen to us from. Maybe share it with some friends as well. Today, I'm thrilled to bring a conversation that I had recently with Chris Adnam. Chris is a larrikin and didn't necessarily fit the mould of Yarra Valley Grammar, but still found his way, found a place and certainly got a few yarns to tell along the way. He's a poet, he's a musician, he's an artist, he's a storyteller. A fine conversation that I had today with Chris Adnam, and it's my pleasure to bring that to you now. Hope you listen and hope you enjoy this episode of Inspired by Yarra. From 1978, Mr. Chris Adnam. Enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of Inspired by Yarra. And today I have the privilege of sitting down with Chris Adnam from the class of 1978, Yarra Old Grammarian from 1978. Chris Welcome and thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks a lot, Paul. It's a pleasure to be here. Chris, I uh, understand that you started your career here at Yarra Valley Grammar in about year five. Correct, yeah, junior school. As you wandered in, what was what were your memories? Can you remember much about what it was like in year five? Well, I came from a very wild state school, Mullum, to uh, Yarra Valley, which was a complete knockabout for me because uh, my previous state school was very... Uh, tough and, you know, the Italians were coming in with the strawberry farming and orchards and wild country boys, lads, and I came to uh, Yarra Valley which was a little bit more reserved I suppose in some ways and more sports orientated and I remember uh, we used to gather at Mr Russell's shed, I don't know if it's still down there, down the bottom and uh, any any uh, altercations were always sorted out there. <laughs> And we don't need to know too no, no, much no. detail about no, that. No, no, no. <laughs> so we, you said that uh, it was probably a bit more sports oriented. Yes. Is, was that your, you know, is that where you made your mark on the school? Did you, were you um, a sportsman? Well, yeah, I played football mm-hmm. and I played hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed the uh, high jumping, okay. uh, that sort of thing. But I wasn't much of an athlete as far as long distance running goes. And I know every year they used to have this big race. Like a cross country? Yeah, cross country. And they'd country. run all the way around the yeah. back of the paddocks and yeah. all that? Yeah, and I'd usually stop halfway down there and wait until the runners had gone past and then duck through the bush and catch up with the mob. Goodness gracious <laughs> me. <laughs> We're hearing uh, a few secrets already. Yeah. Chris, what, what do you remember the uniform to be like? Did you wear your uniform well? It was very hot and, and quite bright, but um, they had a, um, a standard where um, your hair was not allowed to touch the collar. Okay. Right. So I ended up uh, sporting this pudding bowl haircut for years because my mother would just cut to the edge of 
where the where the collar was. Yeah, just to so, get as close as you could without touching it. Yep, just kind of running that line. Running that line. So <laughs> very good. So you you uh, proved yourself as a little bit of a sportsman in selected uh, mm. sports. Yes. What about academically? What were you like uh, back in the classroom? Look, uh, <laughs> that's a good one. Um, that's hard to answer, but what I will say is that I got through. Um, but the, my 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 um, focus was definitely on the arts, and I enjoyed um, the arts and pottery and painting and and that whole creative thing, which was part of me. Okay. And uh, English, I enjoyed too. Mr. Ackford, of course, was the teacher of the moment back then. And um, he was pretty helpful with me. Um, I liked uh, poetry and writing and, yeah, so there was a, rather than um, be geographically blessed okay. or scientifically blessed, yep. I, I, I got through. But, um, yeah, the arts were certainly my calling. And visual arts as well as performing yes. arts? Correct. So did you uh, did you frontline the a, a school drama or a musical or in the orchestra or were you more of a solo player? I think I had a brief appearance in Paint Your Wagon, which we did at the old music school down there with Mr Lee. Okay. I, and I'm, I'm, I'm way up the back. I don't think you'd even right. see me. <laughs> okay. I'll check out the photos. But that, that was an early day. Thing. Yeah, very yeah. good. Very mm. good. And you enjoyed that. Uh, collective, you know, you're part of a team there very much, aren't you? Yeah, no, it was great. And a lot of my friends uh, in that uh, time that I was here used to collect out front of the old music school here um, and play guitar and, and, yeah, no, there was quite a, quite a, um, a community yep. of um, musicians happening, which was great. Yeah. Um, so were you a local kid? Like how, what was the journey to get to school? What, were, what was sort of what did you pass on the way here? What, just give us a bit of an idea of what it looked like coming to Yarra. How did you get here and what did it look like? Okay. Well, Cherry Dean was just being established as an estate um, yep. off Kalinda Road there. So basically there were vast paddocks of um, orchards. So there was no lack of fruit for the lunchbox. Oh, of course. so yeah. just and a few sneaky... Uh, apples. Okay. And pears. On the and, way through. Yeah, on the way through. Didn't even have to stop. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and so you're travelling, you're, you're riding, you're running, you're... How are you... R- riding, um, push bike. Push bike, yep. And um, I was based up on Wonga Road there and okay. it used to be a dirt road and we'd come down all the way through, drive through Cheridine. It was just... Or ride through Cheridine. It was just being built. Yep. Um, and then up the hill... Yep. Uh, or the other way. Okay. Uh, round where uh, Rudolf Steiner School yes, was. Yes, yes. And there was a dirt road that went all the way through to Yarra yeah, Valley. Right. So, yeah, no, completely different place. It was um, very much a, um, well, um, strawberries, um, wine uh, and um, apples. Apples, and, yeah, okay. And pears and things like that. So as you went down Wonga Road as such, all that, there was no houses there. It was just all uh, fruit and crops. And uh, we're, we're sitting here at Yarra Valley Grammar today mm-hmm. and uh, quite a different entrance for you. You haven't come on your bike, I imagine. No. Nope. <laughs> and you have, haven't pinched a couple of apples on the way no. through. <laughs> so what are, you, what are your impressions? On, uh, we've had a little bit of a poke around and you remember some of the bits and pieces, but what, what are your impressions of the school just in the very short snippet you've seen Look, already? I'm, I'm extremely impressed. I think the facilities are outstanding here. I mean, I had a quick look at the gym there before. The old buildings where I started out in the junior school there, well, you can hardly notice them because obviously there's been amenities and other things and offices added. So, yes, it's uh, it's, it's completely 
different to how I remember it. And yes. mind you, I don't think I've been here for 30 something years. Um, oh, except for the time, as I said, that I came for the MSO performance. Yeah. But, uh, so, what does it feel like it, do, when you come back? Is it with uh, a sense of fear and trepidation, or was it a more positive experience for you? So, you come back and you go, actually, I'm excited to come back to my old stomping ground. Yeah, no, look, I'm really excited to come back here and the ovals look the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't had a chance to look down and see if the old shed's there, but you tell me the old shed's still there or it's yeah. probably a brand new shed now. I think it's a new shed but still yeah. still known as, uh, you know, it uh, was it um, Jack Russell Drive down there? Yes. Named after a former groundsman? That's him, Mr. Russell. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Mr. Russell. Mr. Russell, we had to call him. Excellent. Wasn't Jack? <laughs> no. no, fair enough. Um, so you, you talked about your own observations of change. Yeah. You know, this place has changed and it's grown and yep. developed. Obviously, as you go through school, there are influences and things that impact you, people, uh, experiences. Do you have any kind of standout memories, whether it was being in the back stalls of a, a musical performance, was there a particular trip you're on or a time out on the footy field that you're, you know, just share with us a really positive memory that you have? Well, the positive memories was is that the boys in my era could bring their motorbikes here and we had a track down the bottom. <laughs> hang, hang on, hang yeah, on, hang yeah. on. I, I tell you, I'm really learning a lot yes. about former days as I speak to different people. I've heard of golf courses being tucked out the back there. Yep. And you're saying you could Bring zoom around here on your motorbike. Yeah, and there's 100 acres down the bottom there. And we'd whiz round and it was a fantastic track and it had jumps and we made jumps and everything was there. <laughs> like is this a lunchtime activity or before school, after oh, school? Oh, usually after school. Or you're skipping school. geography class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> usually after school. Wow. But uh, for one um, period of time there, there was actually a, a little motorcycle club. They allowed Interesting. it. Um, I think it was on a Saturday morning or something you could come. I'm not sure if they did it midweek. Oh, yeah, they probably rode their bikes there midweek yeah. after the school. Because you've got to do some training, don't you? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Get your priorities right. <laughs> Look, I, I think it's true that school can have a strong influence on our character mm. and, and our outlook on life. And mm. I wonder whether you might describe your bigger picture of life as you've experienced Yarra and what influence that might have had on you. Uh, well, um Certainly uh, a lot of my friends were coming from a rural base, you know, either wineries or um, sons of vintners, um, farmers. Um, and so it was great because you had this rural aspect um, as well um, and that the the courses that were offered then, um, I guess they've all changed now, there was science, geography, all those things, uh, maths, which I wasn't very good at anyway, but mm-hmm. the arts here were brilliant and I'm trying to think of his now, name now, um, the fellow that used to run it so long ago, mm-hmm. um, but he, he was exceptional. Yes. Uh, Mrs Abbott, I think there was, and okay. another fellow, Les someone, but anyway. Les Christie? Uh, uh, no, Les Christie was actually a good, very good family friend of ours. He, okay. he, he had hope for me. Yes. He believed that I'll, I'll pull through, even though I was a little bit wild. <laughs> so you're a bit of a wild yep. wild young lad. Yep. And, uh, but people like Les Christie yep. saw Pot- something. Potential. Some potential. Right. What was it that he saw? What Potential for what? Well, probably potential that I was a free thinker. Okay. And I didn't fall into line as such. And he said, look, I like the way that you go about things and the, the way you 
um, move between groups. Um, but he said, you know, um, sometimes you need your reins pulled in mm-hmm. because, you know, you are at school. Yes. And, you know, we have a, a strict curriculum and I know if you don't want to do this class and you find it boring, yep. then you can't sit there and tap your pen and annoy other people. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? So there's certain times you've, you've just got to do what you've got you've to do. You've just got to do what you, you do. But the options here were fantastic at, yeah. in that time. That's great. It, it probably uh, still is one of the leading schools, I would say, for um, HSC passes and all that sort yes, of stuff. Yes, yes. Yes, very Certainly, uh, we're on the up and up. There's no no doubt. That, uh, <coughs> as our our principal likes to say, we are of the finest schools in the Far East, and uh, we're very thrilled to to be on uh, a good wave at the moment. We're riding a really good wave, which which brings me to the notion that um, you did enjoy a little bit of surfing. Is that right? Yeah. Well, that's uh, basically from 14 years of age. The ocean got me. The ocean got you. Yeah, totally. I wasn't interested in football anymore or cricket or anything else. Once I'd started surfing, um, my parents uh, had a um, house down at – or friends of theirs had a house down at Summers. And so the first time I got on a foam coolite, that was it. I I never looked back. Wow. Now, the beaches, the the waves at least, are a fair way from – Downtown Ringwood, Warrandyte, Wonga Park area. That's right. How are you getting down there to uh, to get a taste of the ocean? Couldn't do it today, right? But as soon as uh, I left school, um, I would hitchhike. So hitchhiking. Yep. That's so it. there'll be people who don't understand what hitchhiking is. Some of our uh, younger listeners. N- younger. What does it mean to hitchhike? Let, let tell me maybe a story about hitchhiking to somewhere like Phillip Island. Yep. Well, Phillip Island was a curly one because you had to go out through Cranbourne, but uh, if you left um, at about five o'clock, uh, let's say on a on a Friday afternoon. Uh, afternoon. Yeah. With board and everything, I would get a lift along Stud Road. There was no freeway then. And usually people would take you and drop you off either in Turidan or Cranbourne or somewhere there by 6 o'clock. Okay. Then there was an old baker that used to finish at 6.30 and he used to pull up next to me and say, you look like a drowned rat, it's freezing out there, I'll drop you in cows. And he had another bakery in cows. So as long as I got there on time, this chap in his old um, Holden, Yeah. Uh, the baker would take me all the way down the island. Wow. And then so you've got the weekend then at uh-huh. Phillip Island. Yep. And are you, where are you staying? How are you looking after yourself down there? Well, there was a, an old milk bar that used to be up the end called um, Steve's and it was at Wright Point. And he had four old Holdens uh, that were just in a paddock there. So we actually claimed them and we would stay, sleep in the back of, of, of either the sand dunes or the panel van, if the panel van was taken which okay. sleep in the sand dunes right dig a hole and fantastic you're a, a storyteller at heart you've mm-hmm. told me a little bit about your interest in the arts mm-hmm. and also your love of, of English and poetry mm-hmm. and so when you left Yarra and you've got a bit of surfing background there and, and the ocean grabbed you mm-hmm. where where did life take you from there and how did you combine a little bit of poetry perhaps a little bit of storytelling maybe with some performing arts and your love of the ocean. How did that all come together? Well, that's a, a bit of a long story. When I left school, um, I got uh, back then they'd hand out apprenticeships left, right and centre. I got into the arts you know, as a graphic artist. So I worked for a big company in the city as an apprentice, graphic designer and artist. 
So that was back in the day when they had the old um, lead stamps that they used to have to carve out and you'd arrange them in blocks and, and then the paper would go over the top and you'd print something off. But a lot of it incorporated fine drawing and I was quite good and I'd learnt from the teachers here how okay. to um, improve my drawing drawing and wow. fine art. Okay, mm. yep. Mm-hmm. So you've left school, you've got an apprenticeship, yep. but you still love the ocean. Exactly. And you're writing some poetry maybe. A bit of music comes into your life. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll rewind a little bit. Okay. And this was actually happened to me when I was at um, school here when I was about 12 years old. I ended up getting viral meningitis, um, which is pretty heavy, so you get swelling on the brain. So I ended up in a coma at Fairfield Infectious Diseases and this went on, yeah, for about a month. What happened consequently is I lost my memory complete, pretty much completely of my childhood. Now, my mother, who was a Montessori teacher, uh, was a huge influence and I didn't even recognise them as my parents. Like, I, yeah, yeah, really knocks you around. Mm. So she sat by me and I would tell the, she would tell me the stories of the things that I used to do. And consequently, I produced a book called A Childhood on Wonga, which is about this area, how it was as a kid growing up here. And that helped me gradually over two or three years get my memories back again Wow! of people and events and yes, yes. things. So, yeah. Goodness. So, so you're, an, you're a, an author. Published author. Published yes. author. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I do know you're a musician as well. Correct. And now... Some of our uh, more senior listeners would remember or recognise names like Peter Couples mm-hmm. in the Australian music industry, mm-hmm. someone like Shirley Strawn. Correct. Now, you used to knock about yeah. with these blokes. Shirley, well, Shirley was in the board club down at Phillip Island. He was a keen surfer and yeah. Shirley and I got on like a house on fire. Yes. And uh, he was a tremendously gifted uh, man. Yes. And uh, one with an um, absolutely fantastic voice but a, a, a fantastic stage present. Okay, And, yes. you know, when the Skyhooks thing happened, they started off in Warrandyte because uh, Greg okay. McCouch and his sister, Rilke, were friends of mine. Right. And they used to play at, behind the Warrandyte pub on those, one of those old houses there. But Warrandyte was a bit of a hippie town back then and, yes. and lots of artists used to live there and, and work there. For sure, for sure. But, yeah, there was Jimmy Barnes. Um, I worked with him uh, quite a lot. Okay. Um, but Pete's... Uh, resurgence in that 70s Motown sound has come back yep. and all these artists like Brian Cadd and various others, they're all now reforming bands and coming back because yeah. there's not, according to us, our generation anyway, there's not a lot of great stuff out there at the <laughs> moment. Not not true true musician, yes. you know, with your With your permission, we'll uh, interplay some of your music yep. uh, over the top of, uh, of what we've been sharing here and, and in between. Sure. And I wonder whether you can uh, perhaps just tell me a little bit about uh, Jackie Howe. Well, okay. Um, the other place that we used to go um, when we were kids in our summer holidays from uh, Yarra Valley was a place called Dunnydoo in northern New South Wales. My uncle had a big sheep property up there, a million acres it was, massive thing, 25 miles from you. Anyway, we'd loved it. So I got the jackaroo side of things happening. Anyway, there's old Aboriginal... As in you're working on the land, you're yeah, working as yeah. a jackaroo. Fen- fencing, yeah. d- um, you know, lambing. And this is mustering. long after you've left school? No, no, this is in, in the summer ho- holidays. The holidays. So yeah. you're still at school, you're working during the week. Yeah. Come school holidays, yeah. you hook Boom. up there to northern yeah. New South Wales. Yeah, we go either there or we went to summers, right? Okay. Now, there was an old Aboriginal man 
and he was an itinerant worker. You know, sheep, we had a lot of um, sheep shearers that would come and go, and he played the didgeridoo. And uh, anyway, I, I was always fascinated by the sound. He said, he said, Chris, one day I'm going to teach you how to play this properly, right? So he'd come back and he'd sit with me in the corner when we'd finished and burble away on this thing. Little did I know that um, a couple of years later he decided that he couldn't come down, the trip was too far f- for him, and he came from Humpty Doo in, um, in Darwin, that's where he lived. He said, when you get your licence, you, ca- you drive up to my place, and he said, and I'll show you uh, the proper didgeridoo pe- people, and um, I'll give you, get you a pass into Arnhem Land. And, like, to me, mm. that was, like, totally exciting because it was no man's land. Right, you know? yes. So, yeah, when I ended up getting my car, I drove all yeah. the way up to Darwin and then across uh, the Goida Highway and into Arnhem Land. Yeah. And I had a couple of connections there and, of course, I met Yothi Yindi. Okay. Who became very famous it Australian. Yep. And Widiana, who was the lead singer, took me under his wing right. and adopted me and taught me the proper way to play didgeridoo Arnhem Land style. Wow. Mm. And it's, you play didgeridoo in certain ways according to how you've been taught? Exactly. There's two different styles. Right. See, I, I taught uh, music all over the world in Japan. I ended up doing tours, Germany, everywhere. Hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of people I've taught to play didgeridoo and drum and percussion because they both go with each other. But there's two different styles. There's legato, um, which is um, lengthening the note. So it's almost like a like that. Or there's stuccato, which is stopping the note. So what happens is you start flipping it, so it's and it just sounds like it's hopping. And they're the two different styles. So yeah. Wow. A lot of study in Arnhem Land and living with the Aboriginal people. It was just fabulous. Now you mentioned there that um Didgeridoo, playing the didge, yep. goes, you, you mentioned a bit of percussion or drums. Oh, that... yeah, they, they go two and two. So I teach hand drums, which is oh, djembe. Beautiful. And, um, you know, uh, rim shots and snare. I don't play a big kit uh-huh. uh, because I love the feel of hand drums um, and percussion. And yep. with didgeridoo, the two of them together, absolutely yep. magical. Beautiful. Mm. Now, I've heard, though, that there is another accompaniment that goes with a didgeridoo not too badly, something a little bit more natural. Clapsticks. Clapsticks, mm. yes. Okay, so that would be a traditional form. Yes. Tell me a time when you uh, teamed up with a magpie. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. I had a place in the Sunshine Coast and I was producing my third album, which was called Ocean Cowboy. Obviously, ocean and cowboy being the land, so oh, I'm so both. Pull I'm them one, together. One of the ocean. Yeah, exactly. So what I decided to do was half the album would be country uh, songs, as you mentioned, Jackie Howe. Yeah. Um, but the magpie, I was playing with didgeridoo one afternoon on my back porch and this magpie just hopped down and started pecking on the end of it and I just kept playing. I'm thinking, yep, here we go. All of a sudden, I'm just running this bass note, you know, 4-4 bass note through the um, didgeridoo and this magpie starts singing the melody perfectly in tune. Wow. And it was the most, I said, I've got to record this. So I got a little four track and he came the next day threw a bit of bread out there and some meat, some mince. And away he came again, tapped on it. I played the same song. Anyway, we recorded the whole thing and I ended up taking it to the studio with Peter Couples because he produced the last album. He goes, what? He said, that is extraordinary. And uh, 
He said, fair income. And I said, yeah. He said, well, all we'll do, we'll leave it. We'll just put a click track or a bass track in between. So we'll straighten it out a little bit, Pro Tools and all that sort of thing. And out it came, Magpie and Didge. There you go. Beautiful, beautiful. Mm. So you've made a couple of albums. Yep. Yeah, and name of a couple of them. How, how can we get our hands on them? Do we go onto iTunes these days, or do we go and buy a, buy an actual physical album YouTube, or a CD? YouTube. You can, all my twenty years of work is on YouTube. Mm-hmm. All right, so you just look up Chris Adnam songs, yeah. and obviously, if you want to become a subscriber, you can. You can listen to them, but you can't download them. Right, and the idea in that is eventually. Well, I've been meaning to do it for the last year, just haven't had time, is to get somebody to help me do a website yep. so that people can download one song at three minutes, whatever it is, and it costs them a dollar. Yes. But at the moment you can have it for free. Beautiful. Um, and there's three albums. The first one was Voices of the Ancestors and that's all Yothi Indie style stuff uh, which I recorded uh, in Arnhem Land or the basis of it and then took it home and re-recorded it here at Eden Studios in South Melbourne. Um, the second one was Minchi, which means paintbrush of the country or, or, you know, painting the country. Beautiful. And the third one is Ocean Cowboy. The Ocean Cowboy. Yeah. That's great. Um, I love that. And and now you, you talked a little bit about Phillip Island before. There's yep. a, is there a track that you call, is it called Woolamai? Woolamai, correct, yeah. So what, what's, what's that about? Well, on Fridays, uh, once again, when we had the licence, what we do is stick all the surfboards on the roof of the Holden EJ I had at the time, and we just all head off down the coast. And, and how many are you fitting in the uh, in the six. EJ? Six of you. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, boards as well. Yeah. Uh, as well as um, sleeping bags or whatever else was there. Yeah. We drive up, and there was no car parks and things back then, you know. So we drive into the back of the sand dunes, right. set up a tent. Um, and that was it. And that yep. was our weekend. And right. uh, that's where the track Friday came from. Awesome. Um, yeah, that's great. So, so as in your, your, your music, your songs are like little stories, aren't they? they exactly. Are, reflection it, of that time. Yes, yes. Uh, um, you know, which is really important. And I was influenced by Shane Howard from Goanna, you know, Solid Rock, and he's another good friend of mine. Okay, yeah. And Shane got together and uh, I said to him, if ever I could write a theme song like Solid Rock, that's what I want to do. Yes. He said because there's just that song just keeps evolving and you still hear it, hear it today on the radio and that was my aim is to write one track yep. that was classic yep. uh, but I never got there. Are you still writing? Are you still producing music? Not so much now. Okay. Um, yeah, I've got, got other things that I'm sort of focusing on. Sure. Um, but when I get that urge and it just comes out of nowhere, yeah. I'll get an idea and then I'll just start working on it. But Beautiful. at the moment I've just got Ocean Cowboy out in the last couple of years, so sure. I'm really pushing that and, yeah, and moving a few of those. Good on you. That's mm. terrific. So it sounds to me that there are aspirations that you have and that you have had. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I throw the term success, what does success look like to you? Success is actually completing a project, right? Not just saying, okay, this sounds like a good thing at the time. No, it is going all the way through with it and often with music, uh, life takes you on a different direction again and you'll leave it and often many people I know have got songs in the drawer that they've had for 15 years, you know, and, oh, yes, I'll get round. I've always had the attitude, if I'm going to start it, right, I go hammer and tong, 
yeah. and and finish it. Fantastic. So to me, that's that's success is sure. finishing a project. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's terrific. <coughs> now, um, I wonder whether you can tell me a little bit of a, the story <coughs> behind uh, the the great song that I, I re- listened to just recently. I think it's called Anzacs. Oh yes. So tell me a little bit of that because that's got a, a bit of local history in it as well, um, in the Warrandyte area and down the river there and so mm. on. It just. Tell me a little bit of the story behind that song. Okay, well, it's got a sad tinge to it, um, but there was an old man called Harry, and everyone back in the 70s used to have their own mug at the bar at the Warrandyte, and we used to sneak down there because there was good bands there on a Friday, underage, of course, naughty. Uh, But anyway, old Harry would be there with his little mug on the corner, and one day I built up enough guts to sort of walk to him because he had this hole straight through his chest and, and, and he'd do it as a bit of a party joke and he'd pull his shirt back and you could see through right through the middle of it. So it's all grown around this hole. Gosh. Yeah, so one day I plucked up enough because a lot of those guys, they won't talk about what happened in the war. And I asked him, I said, hey, Harry, you know, I love this trick that you do where we look through and we see the light, but how did it happen? And he said, well, we were coming in the Second World War uh, through, I think it was Gallipoli or... Uh, France. Okay. Pretty sure it was Gallipoli or France. And we had to go over at the top of a fence and he said back in those days we were fodder. You know, we would just run on orders. And he says, as I got over the fence, my mate next to me um, was shot. Bang. And he said, I didn't know if he was alive or not. So I threw him over my um, back, right? And I kept running until we got to the next trench. And he said, several shots were fired. I don't remember. But he uh, copped about four bullets, obviously, which finished him off. Yes. Uh, and one uh, just managed to tip through in between where his heart was right. and out the other side and he lived. Right. So and Harry... Harry, Harry was saved by his mate. Right. So his mate, who's on his back, back. took some of the, that fire. Shots, yeah. And Harry was able to keep going. Yep. And yet one, one went straight through him. Yep, straight through. Okay. In between the So shot. your song... Called Anzacs yep. was about uh, that was about him and the bravery mm. um, and the want for them to smell uh, the eucalypt and, and come home at great speed and um, all the boys back then if they didn't go to war they were seen as cowards and they were sent white feathers and all sorts of things if they didn't go to war now a lot of the people from around this area here because it was farming. It sounded fun. They were going to get three meals a day. You know, they were going to go out onto the bat. They had no idea, absolutely no idea. But that was a fantastic story because old Harry, I think he died about 10 years ago. Mm. But um, I've often said to the lady down there, when I see, you know, you should put Harry's cup up on the wall, but unfortunately it's all modernised now. Yeah, it's a bit different It'd probably look a little bit out of place. But a fantastic man and a fantastic Anzac. Yes. And, and a great story and a, a great, um, I guess, tribute to our Anzacs, mm. uh, lest we forget. Lest we forget, exactly. Yes. Here at Yarra, we have a school motto, uh, mm. Lavavi Oculus. Mm. Do you remember what Lavavi Oculus means? To, to achieve or something? It's, uh, well, the, n- nowadays we do, we talk about confidence to achieve. achieve. Mm. Lavavi Oculus is to lift up my eyes. Ah, okay. And yep. our school, we have a school psalm and it begins with, I to the hills will lift my eyes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The notion of 
of lifting your eyes, if I offer that to you uh, today, what, what does that mean? If that's a school motto to lavar the oculus, lift up your eyes, what, what does that mean to you? Well, that means, well, well, for me, my point of view, rise yourself above the circumstances that you're in, even if it's, if it's tough and you don't think you're going to be able to get through it, if you do it in baby steps and just keep going, then the sky is the limit. That's beautiful. I love that. That's a great answer. Mm. Tell me if there's a, a book or a movie or maybe an experience that you reckon every young person should uh, be part of growing up. Well, Whether... obviously surfing, so, if, I... if they can do that. That's great. <laughs> um, books, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's, it's funny. I, I've sort of... During uh, the spiritual side of, of me, um, I had this book given to me and it's called, um, I'm trying to think now, written by an Indian guy. Um, oh, now it's on the top of my head now. Okay. Um, it'll, I'll come, it'll come, it'll I'll come, come back. back to you anyway. And sure. I've, um, I found that extremely helpful during low times mm-hmm. um, in my life. And uh, it was just the words and the poetry that this 17th century Indian man had written. Mm. Um, it'll come to me. That's anyway. okay. I well, hate yeah. it when when it's right it's, there. It's right there. Yes. Um, anyway, yeah. So that's that's about it. But I think people should um, experience um, Australia before they think about going to Thailand and all these other places because. I've been very fortunate and I've travelled three quarters of this country. The only bit I've never done is the Nullarbor Plain. Okay. But music and surfing took me to all these places. And um, I can't do it now, obviously, from time constraints, but if you get that period in your life where you just get to go and travel, buy an old van and just head out and go for it. And that's, that's one of the best ways to take on life's education. That's terrific. That's terrific. We're speaking with uh, Chris Adnam from the <coughs> class of 1978, dare I say, the Ocean Cowboy. Chris, if you're going to embark on a, uh, a road trip, mm-hmm. what are three places that you re- would recommend that somebody make sure that they uh, either go off the, off the beaten track and get to it, whether it be a great surf spot, whether it be a great uh, eating place or drinking place or, or somewhere that is spectacular. Just I know there's many, many more, but can you narrow it down to I've okay. only got three spots I can go to. Where am I going? Okay. I would leave here. I would go to Echuca Moama Beautiful. on a houseboat. Yep. Right. I would then head to the desert, which is uh, Broken Hill. Great. You have to see Broken Hill. And you drive from there through to Dubbo, out onto the coast, Port Macquarie, uh, and then I like a place uh, near Byron Bay uh, that's called Aluka. Beautiful, there. beautiful. So I get a bit of both in that. Yeah, that's and right. That's, you can do that in two days. Okay. <laughs> that's fantastic. That's great. I uh, it, It's a delight to sit with you and to hear some of these old stories and uh, and just really tracking through your life and, and the adventures that you have helped to create as part of your experience. wonder whether you have much contact with anybody from Yarra these days. Are you still in touch with any of the old fellas that you used to uh, knock about with? Absolutely. And every year we have the Yarra Valley Old Grammarians, um, our class, 75, whatever it is, 78, and there's Matthew Wakefield, uh-huh. there's Glenn Bright, uh, there's Ken Jobst. Oh, look, there's, there's 
there's tons uh, and we all go to this pub in Richmond uh-huh. and it's tradition once a year and we all get together and uh, usually have an auction too of bits and pieces. Uh-huh. Uh, someone's old gym jumper. <laughs> oh, whatever. It's quite funny, but no, we we very strong on that. Yeah, it's great. And that's been going for years. Yes. Ah, oh, that's <laughs> terrific. That's terrific. Mm. Um, as we bring our conversation to a close, this um, podcast is called Inspired by Yarra, mm-hmm. and uh, it seems to me that some of your early beginnings have been inspired by Yarra. Indeed, the mm-hmm. opportunities that you had here. Uh, the variety of people that you mixed with have all influenced you to go on and uh, and create the success that you have in your life. And uh, by the sounds of it, it's been a, a pretty happy experience for most of the time. It's been a great ride. And, yes. in, and in fact, as I said, when I end up at my gravestone, it'll be sideways with stones going everywhere on an old BSA. <laughs> Before that time, <laughs> what are you looking forward to? What's what's coming up for you in the next little while that uh, that you know gets you up and out of bed in the morning? Well, the next project I want to take on is um, I produced a, a video called "How to Play the Didgeridoo," which sold all over the world. Which is another thing I did. I want to turn that into animation. So my next project is to find a student uh, or a maybe Swinburne or something that does animation because kids are very interested in it. And I would give them that as a project to turn it from its original into animation. Yeah. Awesome. And that's, that's my next little goal down the track. Terrific. I Mm. love it. I love it. Chris Adnam from the class of 78, the ocean cowboy. It has been delightful. Thank you for your time. Thanks for helping us, uh, Ride some waves and uh, go down some country paths to, together today. So we uh, we give you our thanks and thank you for being not only inspired by Yarra but continue to be an inspiration for those around. Yeah, well, uh, as I said, thank you very much, Paul. And uh, I'd like to also say to the kids and the students, boys and girls that come through this school, the opportunities are vast here. It's up to you to think outside the box and say, what can I do with that? Because not everybody, as I said, is a geologist or a scientist, you know, but they're, they're, they're tools that you use. And if you find the craft and the arts your, your bag, just go for it and think outside the box and that's it. Sounds like some good advice to me. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Final question. What is the one question that I didn't ask that you wanted me to ask? Uh, now that's a good question. Uh, probably um, that uh, I would like to be at some time involved in the music school here. I have been prior. Um, and to actually, if the students are interested, come in here and do a random class with didgeridoo and percussion. But might, I might have to talk to the music teacher about that. I reckon uh, I might know some people that we can talk to and uh, make <laughs> that happen. I'd love to uh, have you here and uh, we might even get you up in assembly one day and uh, and really take us back to uh, some good Aussie music. Yeah, well, you, you're still doing God Save the Queen? or, or Well, the national anthem. Yes. Yeah, we do sing the national anthem, two mm-hmm. verses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we had uh, had some parents here the other day and they're all, you know, they're quite good at the first verse. Yeah. But when we give, hit them the second verse, uh, sometimes they're all a little bit uh, dumbfounded. They don't often sing two verses of the national anthem, but, but we certainly do and we love it. We sing it well. That's awesome. Yes. Chris Adnam, thanks for your time. Thanks for your storytelling. Thanks for your... Uh, willingness to come back and uh, dance around a little bit and tell us some of your stories of times gone by and where you're heading to in the future. Thanks, Paul. Truly a pleasure. 
Inspired by Yarra. Yeah, thanks, mate. Well, that wraps up another episode of Inspired by Yarra. And I hope you enjoyed listening to some of Chris's musical storytelling as well as some of the yarns and conversations that he was able to share with us along the way. What a character. Knocking about uh, with some of the greats of Australian uh, music and also some experiences of uh, travelling around Australia. Beaches, country, bush. What a life. What an experience. Thanks for joining us. Please share, please subscribe, however you picked up this podcast, whether it be through iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher Radio, maybe on Spotify. We'd love you to continue to tune in, share it with others, listen in and stay connected. The Yarra Old Grammarians are encouraged to uh, to stay in touch, keep in touch with us here at uh, Yarra. By listening to Inspired by Yarra, we continue to share stories and build our community. But you can keep in touch via LinkedIn or uh, and we've got a group there called Yarra Old Grammarians Connect and that's a great way to stay in touch. Plenty of uh, opportunities also on the YVG website, which is yvg.vic.edu.au, of course, via Facebook and all of the other social media outlets as well. My name's Paul Joy, and on behalf of everyone here at Yarra, I want to wish you another day of inspiration where you make a positive impact in the world around you.